0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new webisode of the monthly Market Wrap. I'm Ralph Palmanes, a BPI Investment Advisor, and I'll be your moderator for today's session. In the month of July, central banks globally have been doing unprecedented rate hikes to stomp out inflation heating highs. This, plus, curious from geopolitical tensions and supply chain disruptions bringing in volatility, lead some of us to ask is recession back on the table? Tune in as we run down the market movers and watch out for catalysts as we brace ourselves for the volatilities ahead joining us today for the first time here at the multi-market wrap to answer all of our questions about the markets this july is one of our investment analysts Ms. evangeline faye abingosa hi faye good morning
1: Hi, Ralph. Thanks for having me here. It looks like we're both new here in the multi-market wrap, and I'm very excited to do this with all of our viewers. That's
0: right, Faye. I'm very happy to be here as well. So, Faye, diving right into our discussion. In the previous sessions of the multi-market wrap, we've touched on the ongoing geopolitical war between Russia and Ukraine, and of course, its implication on inflation. And the weakening of the Philippine peso. Sufi, what's the latest on these items?
1: In a nutshell, Ralph, July was a month full of surprises. Local equities moved in a volatile manner, swinging between 6,100 and 6,400 during the month. Our peso exchange rate touched levels only seen in 2004. And much to the dismay of a lot of consumers like you and me, local inflation managed to hit three-year highs. Last but definitely not the least of our surprises last month is the surprise rate hike coming from the Banco Central ng Pilipinas or BSP.
0: Yes, Faye, I've heard about the surprise rate hike. And in fact, this was actually in the news for the month of July. Faye, can you please provide us with more context on this? And more importantly, is this uh, something that we should be concerned about?
1: You heard that right, Ralph. BSP has no scheduled meeting in July. That's why we call it an off-cycle rate hike. This move of the BSP conveys an urgency to address inflation issues not only on the local space but also together with the impact of foreign inflation and policy rate hikes abroad prior to the surprise rate hike BSP seemed to be more deliberate in terms of rate hikes especially since we just came out of the pandemic and we're still in the beginning phase of our recovery so the tempered pace we saw prior to the off cycle rate hike was to nurture the economy But we have seen how developments abroad have exacerbated our local inflation. Moreover, if you look at the interest rate differential on the chart, had BSP decided to wait for their scheduled August meeting for the policy rate, then our policy rate would have been at par with the U.S. So aside from inflation, the July 15 move of the BSP can also be seen as a preemptive move ahead of the Fed rate hike, which was expected to increase by another 75 basis points in July. And as expected, the Fed pushed through with this, which brought their year-to-date rate increase to 2.5%. Currently, the rate differential is at 0.75%, relatively lower than the 2% historical gap. These are the reasons we saw that pushed BSP to raise policy rates ahead of their scheduled meeting in August. Generally, rate hikes make borrowing more expensive and increase the cost of doing business, which in return affects demand and consumption. Central banks globally have been hiking rates to temper demand in order to bring down elevated inflation rates.
0: Thank you very much, Faye. So the surprise rate hike is a response to the heated inflation levels. But I'm sure a lot of our viewers would like to know what's keeping the inflation up. And is this something that will persist in the coming months?
1: Part of inflation is the second round effects, such as higher transport fares, pricier goods, and services as well. We continue to see uptick in inflation print which reflects robust demand. Evidently, we saw a strong first quarter GDP print driven by consumption, and we expect GDP to keep its momentum even in the second quarter. Hence, here we see the important role of BSP to keep inflation in check by tempering demand side through monetary policies like rate hikes. Prior to the surprise rate hike, The Philippine Peso hit its record high at 56.45 during intraday trading last July 12 which was the level last seen in 2004. Too much Peso depreciation contributes to inflationary pressures by making our imported goods like oil even more expensive.
0: Thank you Faye. So about the Philippine Peso, is Peso depreciation bad? Are we seeing the same magnitude of depreciation With our peers?
1: Considering families of overseas workers who receive money here in the Philippines, higher exchange rate means more pesos converted for every dollar. So this means 8% more converted pesos for them, which will help them with inflation pressure. Same case with exporters, as this increases the peso revenue of their sales and lowers their costs. But just to highlight as well, Ralph, we see depreciation across the board of Asian peers. The ongoing international developments trickles down to prices of commodities imported not only by the Philippines, but also our peers. Moreover, the strong U.S. dollar this year, as the U.S. Fed continues with the unprecedented pace of rate hikes to curve inflation, continue to pressure other currencies, including ours, as reflected in the year-to-date depreciation across the board. While we ended the month at 55.1 pesos, year-to-date depreciation is still 8% positioned near the middle of the pack. Strong dollar story is still on the table as the U.S. Fed remains committed to their hawkish stance, expecting a 3.5% policy rate hike by the end of the year or four more rate hikes within the year. This will likely continue to pressure other currencies, including ours, moving forward.
0: Thank you very much, Faye. So with all eyes locked in for the BSP's upcoming Monetary Board meeting in August, so the next question that comes to mind is, will the central bank pause rate hikes for now?
1: BSP has narrowed the options for the next policy decision to a quarter and half a point rate hike, which will bring our policy rate to 3.5 or 3.75% inching closer to our pre-pandemic level where we had 4% policy rate in end 2019
0: With the recent rate hikes both from U.S. Federal Reserves and bsp how did this affect our bond yields?
1: First, on local yields, the surprise rate hike lifted the short end which went up close to 60 basis points during the month with the three-month at 2.3% and the one-year already at 3.3% as of end July. These levels of yields were last seen in 2018 when we had a surge in inflation due to rise shortages and the BSP had to raise policy rates by 1.75% to 4.75%. Meanwhile, the 5- to 10-year local yields ended the month at 5.7% and 6.3% respectively. In terms of magnitude of the increase in yields, we can see bigger lip in the short end of the U.S. yields compared to our local yields here to This is driven by the swift rate hikes the Fed has done and is expected to continue as the market and the Fed expects policy rate to end at 3.5% by year-end. This level of rate hike seen in the US is expected to deter economic spending and slow down economy to temper inflation. And we've seen a slowdown in the US economy for the first two quarters. However, still inflation remains at multi-decade highs, which is why we expect the Fed to continue tightening. Right now, economic data points to a slowdown. But for it to be considered a recession, we need to see a significant decline in the economic activity that is spread across the economy. For now, this is not yet the case, as we see U.S. labor markets still creating four hundred thousand jobs a month, with roughly two available job openings for every unemployed person, indicating strong labor market.
0: Thank you very much for that, Wenfei. You mentioned recession. Is a recession in the picture for the Philippines?
1: For the Philippines, not yet. We may potentially see lower growth, but not recession. Given that we are still in the beginning of our recovery phase, the tailwind caused by relaxation of quarantine restrictions and low base effect are expected to provide support this year. We've seen a lot of growth in employment and strong OFW remittances underpinning spending growth. In the first quarter the local economy jumped 8.3 percent year on year better than market expectations in fact we surpassed the pre-pandemic level just last quarter meanwhile the second quarter gdp is expected to be released next week we expect easing of quarantine restrictions and election related spending to be reflected in the second quarter gdp print moreover Despite the uptick in oil prices, mobility data has remained resilient, especially in the second quarter, where alert level 1 was kept throughout the period.
0: Faye, we've mentioned ramping up rate hikes amid elevated inflation, which in turn can make the cost of borrowing more expensive. Have we seen a sell-off in the global stock market? Are we past the bottom already?
1: While we saw bargain hunting during the month, year-to-date, equities remain to be in the negative territory. Given the growth slowdown in many parts of the world, we may also see potential downgrades or lower than expected corporate earnings. With this, the environment today may remain volatile for growth assets like equities. The peso depreciation and higher import costs, adding pressures pushed the local market down to 6,300, back to the levels for more than five years ago. Excluding, of course, the COVID-19 period. And with these low levels, we recommend taking our time to build our position for both local and global equities. For those who seek investment opportunities, we recommend taking advantage of those declines. As much as we would like to buy when the market hits the bottom, but no one can predict the actual bottom. So volatility remains and we may still see negative returns in the next months. but as we always say, we don't invest to get returns in the next month or next months. We invest to get returns after 5, 10, 15, or even more years.
0: I agree on that one, Faye. So, uh, we are seeing on a long, long-term perspective, now, 5, 10, 15 years, or even longer. So, thank you very much, Faye, for giving us the big picture and a quick review of the markets for the month of July. So now, Faye, we have a very timely question. So our first question is regarding monkeypox. It has recently been in the headlines and with the confirmation of the first case detected here in the Philippines, how do we expect the market to react to it?
1: First, it's important to take note of the differences between monkeypox and COVID-19. According to Amy Edwards from University Hospital's Rainbow Babies and Children's Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialists, this include, first, monkeypox does not spread easily. Second, infected people are easier to identify because of symptoms, which are more visible. Third, outbreaks are easier to contain, and smallpox vaccine is effective against monkeypox it's crucial to be aware of this, especially with the announcement of Monkeypox as a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. Any sort of restriction that affects the services sector of the Philippines can immediately hit our economy since roughly 60% of our GDP is contributed by services. Overall, we look at it as a potential risk on top of the existing COVID variants and ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. On our part, Let's continue to practice minimum health standards and to pay close attention to issuances from WHO, CDC, and DOH to avoid catching and spreading these viruses for a more sustainable economic recovery.
0: Thank you, Faye. For our next question, we've heard the first state of the nation address of President Marcus Jr. last week. What are your thoughts about this, Faye?
1: The SANA was able to touch on key issues like food and energy security together with the government's midterm macroeconomic targets and goals. There are a lot of things to talk about, but just to highlight, it was announced that infrastructure development spending is expected to be sustained at 5% to 6% of GDP. Build, build, build will continue as build better more and the president also emphasized the role that the private sector will fill in pushing for their infrastructure projects through ppp or public private partnership programs at the same time the tax system will be adjusted in order to catch up with rapid developments of the digital economy including the imposition of VAT on digital services providers and government services and transactions improvement through digitalization Overall, the new administration presented various ideas that they could advocate. Their task in the next few years is challenging and they have to make tough decisions on what they can focus spending on given the limited funds. The economic team is composed of reputable and accomplished individuals under the leadership of Secretary Jokno and are well-equipped to manage the economy. Investors are expected to keep a keen eye on delivery and implementation.
0: Thank you very much, Faye. So, w- another timely question. Uh, so, we've seen all prices go down, especially during the month of July. So, in line with this, are we expecting inflation to have already peaked?
1: In July, we've seen oil prices go down with WTI and Brent crude prices down 5 to 10% during the month as recession fears loomed the market. Lower economic growth means lower demand for oil, so the downward pressure is on oil prices. Although worth noting that year to date, both are still up by roughly 30 to 40% due to reopening and exacerbated prices because of the Russia Ukraine war. And while we expect oil prices to remain elevated due to tight supply, we expect a bigger notch on inflation coming from food prices, which covers 38% of our inflation basket. To date, fertilizer prices are still elevated around 161% from pre-pandemic level, which makes our global food supply less abundant and more expensive due to lower production yields. Continued price pressures coming from Natural gas, which is a key ingredient in making fertilizer as Russia continues to further cut uh, gas supply, exacerbates the already high food prices. In addition to this, supply chain issues and protectionist policies in place, such as the wheat export ban in India, also adds pressure to food prices. Whether it has already picked It will be difficult to say, given that inflation remains to be reliant on external factors like Russia-Ukraine war developments. Currently, we expect inflation to have a full-year average of 5.2%, while the year-to-date inflation as of June stood at 4.4%.
0: Thank you very much, Faye, for giving us a clear view with regard to our inflation. So on to our next question, what is your outlook for the rest of the year?
1: GDP growth for the Philippines is expected to benefit from the tailwind caused by relaxation of quarantine restrictions. We are lagging behind the economic recovery, so we still have a lot of potential to grow. In 2021, our economy was still roughly 5% below pre-pandemic level, compared to, say, U.S., which was already 2% above their pre-pandemic level. At the moment, PPI's official GDP forecast is 6.7%, which I would say a commendable growth rate given that we are seeing a slowdown globally. Nonetheless, we are cognizant of the risks of higher inflation to the economy moving forward. We think GDP growth can decelerate in the second half of the year because of inflation impacting consumer spending due to decreasing affordability of goods and services. Inflation will remain elevated for the rest of the year. Although oil prices have declined recently, further upward pressure may come from food prices as the spike in commodity prices since the start of the year diffuses into food and actually into other goods as well. We think inflation will average 5.2% this year. For the US dollar-Philippine peso exchange rate, we are looking at 55.3% by year-end, but From today until the end of the year, the exchange rate can hit higher than that. The recent movements in the exchange were driven by speculations of a weaker peso as the U.S. Fed raised interest rates or policy rates aggressively.
0: Thank you very much, Faye. We are always looking forward to a positive print and always believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And for our last question, Faye, what tips can you share about our investments given the economic outlook currently
1: overall we still see a lot of volatility and challenges in the local and global equity markets however we want investors to see the current downturn as an opportunity to add or enter market at lower levels at the same time we have seen fixed income markets return negative year to date that's because Bond yields have increased. The silver lining in what's happening now is that interest return that we will get from fixed income investments will be higher moving forward, especially as new investments and interest coupons are invested at current yields. There may be more pains in the short term. That's natural in investing. That's why it is important to have a long investment horizon. Long-term investors may take advantage of the current downturn in all investments to add position for long-term gains. Lastly, it's important to look at your investments as part of the whole portfolio. There's nothing certain in investments, but we can manage risk by diversifying. The right investment mix of local equities and fixed income and global equities and fixed income is personal. I encourage everyone to talk to your relationship managers or account officers who can help you build the best portfolio for you.
0: Thank you very much, Faye, for those tips. And of course, thank you for being here with us this morning.
1: Thank you, Ralph. And I look forward to the next Market Wrap session.
0: In the next sessions of the Multi-Market Wrap, we will continue to monitor the movements in the market. Watch out for signs and recovery. And of course, help you navigate the investment markets during this volatile environment. That's it for today, everyone. This has been Ralph Palmanes saying thank you. And that's a wrap.
1: We'll be right